There was a military ball in celebration for the officers and their wives. When at this ball, the commanding general gave a seemingly endless speech. And after he was going on and on, a young lieutenant leaned over to the woman next to him and said, man, can you believe this old man? To which she responded, this flabbergasted. She said, son, do you know who I am? She said, he said, no. He said, I'm the wife of the man you just called an old windbag. And then the young lieutenant replied back, well, do you know who I am? And she said, no. To which he replied, good. And he took off <laughs> and hid for the rest of the evening there. Now, we all have had instances, or maybe not all, maybe just most of us have had instances where we've put our foot in our mouth. We've said something that we didn't mean, or maybe we meant something that we didn't say, or we used the wrong tone, or we were hurt or frustrated at something else, and we, we took it out on somebody. And while we have these way with words, I want to share with you a message this morning entitled, Watch What You Say. Because we are, are wrapping up our series through the book of Proverbs, and we are taking a look at what does it mean to live a life full of wisdom. And if we're going to live a life full of wisdom, it starts with what we say. How do we communicate? Because we've heard that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But we know that's not true. We know that our words have a deeper meaning. We all have been blessed or broken by a statement of an employee or employer or a friend or a neighbor or sibling or a parent or a child. Why is that? Why is it that some words just resonate at a deeper level? Well, I want to spend a few moments, a few minutes, if you will, dive into the scriptures and see what is it about our words that has so much weight in our lives. Now, I'm a morning person, and by morning person, I don't actually mean awake. Morning as in I have them. And uh, so, uh, and I, I just wake up, and every morning, the wake up is a little bit of a struggle. Are you with me, non-morning people? Okay, right. Any morning people in the room? Okay, you're all being judged right now by everybody else. Uh, and so I need some coffee to function a little bit, right? Or just some, a little something in the morning. Anyone with me there? So, uh, you know, just something simple, a cup, two, 10, you know, just something normal, uh, just to get some caffeine in the system. And so I love drinking coffee, but having young kiddos, a lot of times that means that we're on the go pretty quickly, whether it's a school or an appointment um, or just somewhere we're running out the door. And so a lot of times I'll make my coffee to go. And I have a few of those travel coffee mugs, but I also, because I, I get a little bit ADHD in the morning and, and just I start thinking about this thing or that thing or that sporting event that was on last night and it all kind of jumbles together, I tend to lose travel mugs. 
Does anyone do that? Anyone? Everyone, does anyone have that one person in their family that just always leaves something somewhere like, oh, I forgot this. Okay. For me, it's the coffee mug. It's the coffee cup. And so uh, I, I've been kind of running out of travel mugs. And so, I, or they'll be dirty and I'm too lazy to wash them. And so I just grab a cup. I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's hot, but it's fine. And so I'll just grab a cup and I'll hop in the car and off we go. Now, one of the things that I've learned from living in Arizona a few years is that a lot of our roads act like a, uh, a little child's roller coaster. It's not ma- major hills, but because of monsoon season, like very straight roads, just do this, right? And you, some of you can feel the drive right now, even here this morning, right? Because it's just going to go up and down, up and down, okay? That's fun to have kids in the car. Not so fun when you just have an open cup of hot coffee. And so one day I was out driving with my kids and I was um, blessing them in the back as they were having uh, just a joyful debate in which father had to step in. And so one, one hand on the wheel, one hand on the open cup of coffee and um, blessing my children behind me. And, and I hit that bump and boom and hot coffee everywhere and it felt great felt great and just added to me being a morning person and in that moment i was like ha, ha, ha. right it was so hot and there and you know what i spilled on my lap that morning you're like of course coffee i wish though that it was like water i wish i had anything else in that moment besides that hot cup of coffee and it spilled onto my lap and i was like oh why does this happen? Even though, like, I know, I know I grabbed the cup. I know I poured the coffee. I know I don't have the lid. I could have just taken an extra 30 seconds and washed one that was there. And now I'm dealing with this scorching hot coffee across the lap while driving and just starting off my morning right. Um, Here's the thing. While I was mad that the coffee spilled, the reality was, I had to have coffee in the cup to spill on my lap in the first place. The only thing that was gonna spill what was in my cup. Why do I bring this up? When you're going through life and, and you're going through the ups and downs, the, the daily routines, and something happens and, and something spills out of you, right? You can only spill out what you already have inside of you. When I spilled coffee, the only thing that was coming out of that coffee cup was coffee because that was what was inside. Growing up, I used to love the different video game systems, uh, Nintendo, Sega, right? Sonic the Hedgehog. If you played Sonic the Hedgehog, just great. Really weird concept if I look back on it now. Like, let's create a blue hedgehog that's really fast and collects rings because that makes sense. And my, as a kid, it made sense. But as you play, if you've never played the game, okay, you're going through, you're trying to defeat bosses and save these little animals. Oh, see, that's, you know, it's nice animals, I guess, now that I think about it. But I loved collecting coins. And so at Sonic the Hedgehog, you would collect these coins and you'd run through. But what would happen if you'd get hit? All your coins would go everywhere. It would, and so you would get hit and whatever you had would bust out. Here's, here's how language works, Okay. We like to think of ourselves sometimes better than we ought. (laughs) 
and something happens and we get hit and then what spills out of us is actually what's inside of us. Does that make sense? And that we have to pay attention to our words because when we spill, and this, is, this goes much deeper than just say a, f- a few inappropriate words here or there, okay? I'm talking about the deeper level, like the stories we tell ourselves, the anger that we take out on a regular basis on the people we love because they're safe, the frustrations and the doubts that we have. Where does that come from? Where does that spill out from? We're gonna take a look at a few passages today. First, in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter six, Jesus says this. He says, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit, for figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes are picked from a bramble bush. It says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. And I've highlighted this last phrase here, that for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So let me ask you, what is in your heart? What is in your cup? That if you got knocked, if you got pushed, if you got bumped, what's spilling out? Because can you have an honest assessment of where you're at spiritually? Because it's easy to fake it out here. It's easy to come on a Sunday morning. How are you doing? Fine. How are you, how are you doing? Fine. Before COVID-19, the church was really good at masks. Okay. We were. You'd come in and you'd wear it and you'd cover it. But what happens is, is that when you get bumped, when you get hit, when you get knocked with the things of life, what's inside of you spills out. Now, I want you to notice this. I'm, I just picked out about five or six passages from Proverbs, but there's probably 20 to 30, maybe even 40 verses in Proverbs that talk directly with the power of the tongue directly with these words. But before we dive into that, if you take notes, I want you to write this down. This is our big idea for today, and it's this. That words are a window into your heart. Words are a window into your heart. Do you wanna know what someone is thinking or how someone is feeling? Pay attention to what they are saying. A couple years ago, we did a study verse by verse through the book of James. And in James chapter three, it talked about taming the tongue and it compared really a few illustrations to the power of speech, how a powerful horse can be controlled by a small bit in its mouth or how a large boat is directed by a small rudder or how a massive fire can be started, ignited from a simple spark. Our words have weight. Our words have power. In fact, God spoke the world into existence. You can't get three verses into the Bible before you see the very power of words. And then you get to the Gospels, the Gospel of John specifically. In the beginning was what? It's the Word. 
And the word was with God and the word was God. And so God values words. In fact, he created the world through speech. So do we have that understanding? Do we believe that our words have weight? Here's what's interesting. When it comes to our relationships, your words will either build or break the people around you. If you picture a brick for a moment, there is kind of brick siding up here and bricks can be used to build something that is strong. That same brick, when individually hurled at a window, can break something really easily. Same thing with our words. When you invest in your children, when you invest in your employees, when you invest in your friendships, your words have the opportunity to speak life, to create worlds for them, and to create their future for them. At the same time, your words can also break them. Some of you are dealing with a father or a mother wound from your childhood as a result of something that was said to you. And it's not even, it doesn't even have to be true. It just has to be said. And you feel it, don't you? It's because our words have weight and your words are a window into your heart. For out of the abundance of your heart, you speak. So I'm just going to do a couple, a couple of passages in Proverbs, but I want you to notice the contrast that the opportunity to build or to break rests in the individual. This means that you have the power to create worlds for the people around you. Just as God spoke the world into existence, you can speak life into the people around you. Notice the sharp contrast here. First, Proverbs 10, 20. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. Do you have people in your life who opinions don't matter to you because of something they've said in the past? Of a lie they've told? Well, I can't trust them now. Have you ever had that thought? Where does that come from? It comes from words. Proverbs 12, 18, it says, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You can hurt or you can heal. You can break or you can bless. The choice is yours. Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You can pour water on the fire when it comes to you, or you can pour gasoline. It matters how you respond when somebody comes to you. Do you want to call 911 when you have an emergency and the person on the other side is more frantic than you are? (laughs) Hello, 911. I need help. Oh, no! Wait a second, you're supposed to, what are you going to do? Like you, you want the person to respond. Why? Like you want to bring it down a notch, right? Same thing in our friendships though. When somebody comes to you and expresses a fire in their life, you get a chance 
to blame somebody else, you get a chance to pour it on that person. See, you told you so. Or you get a chance to bring hope and healing into their life. It's not on the screens, but I want you to write this down. How you speak shapes the season that you're in. How you speak shapes the season that you're in. If you're part of a workplace that is toxic, you understand what I'm talking about. It makes a huge difference to have positivity on the team, but not just like fluffy cloud positivity, but like a solid purpose, love and joy based positivity that comes from the security in Christ and then treating people the way Jesus treated us. Proverbs 15, four says this, gentle words are a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. How are Adam and Eve first tempted? It's when the serpent spoke to them and, and got them to doubt. Got them to doubt God, got them to doubt themselves. And through perversion and persuasion, convince them to take action in the wrong direction. Gentle words lead to life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Lastly, Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death. Turn to your neighbor right now and say to them, you have power. I'm going to give you one more opportunity on that because it didn't seem as strong because some of you were still whispering like we're in a library. Come on, we're doing church in a comedy club. It's okay to talk loud. All right. You were like, you have power. Okay. Go ahead. One more time. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have power. That's great. Now, some of you were even speaking in accents. I appreciate that. Add a little flavor to the mix. Okay. I like that. I cannot do any accents. It's not, it's not good. But it won't stop me from trying uh, when we're watching TV shows. Anyone in that family, any, that, anyone that person in the family that when you're watching the show with someone speaking in an accent, you try to do that accent? It doesn't matter if you're successful or not. You just go for it. Okay. And uh, accents are really interesting. Like I, I wish, I wish, I wish that I had like an accent. I just feel like I would sound smarter. I mean, I've shared with some of you before, one of my favorite rounds of golf ever was when I was in Florida and my father and I got paired up with a Scottish man who was about four foot eight. And I got to the tee and my first shot, he goes, great strike, laddie. I was like, this is amazing. And, and accents just sound cool, don't they? Like it just gives you a flavor of where someone is from. It gives you a little bit of who they are and how they speak. Let me ask you this question now. How many of us in the room speak with a spiritual accent? In other words, when you, when you speak, do you talk in such a way that people can tell that you're from God? If you want an encouraging verse, I want to share this with you in 1 John 4, verses 4 to 6. It says this, little children, you are from where? God. 
and have overcome them. Now, this is an incredible verse. If you need some encouragement, if you need a promise to cling to this week, mark down 1 John 4, 4. It says, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. It says, they are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. In other words, they have a worldly accent. Why are we surprised that people of the world speak like they're from the world? We cannot expect darkness to produce light. And yet we continually get shocked. <gasps> okay, it's how they speak. It's what they know. And the world listens to them. But notice here, verse six, but we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Do you speak with a heavenly accent? Jesus is the very language of God. He is the word. And when you love people the way that Jesus has loved you, when you speak life into them, when you offer grace and forgiveness and truth and purpose, you are speaking the very language of God in a way that can be understood by the world. The world doesn't need an echo of itself. It needs an alternative. We need to stop trying to be relevant all the time and just be truthful because truth is always relevant and truth leads to life now i know some of you are walking through some very difficult circumstances right now so i want to ask you then how are you speaking into those circumstances i want to give you right now a personal just a quick five question, personal speech inventory. Think of these as like the lights on the dashboard, right? And just four of them is really just a check in your spirit. And the fifth one is more like fuel in the gas tank, okay? First one, first personal inventory question here. Has your anger become an attitude? I'm not talking about just a burst of emotion. But has your anger continued to the point that it has just become your default attitude? You're angry about something you can't control and therefore you take out your anger on the people that you think you can control, right? Have you heard the phrase, hurt people hurt people? Just ask yourself, has my anger become an attitude? Second personal inventory question is this. Has your voice become a viewpoint? Has your voice, your unique speech, your perspective, has it become a viewpoint that you think is God himself? Listen, we are in a very divided 
political culture. And if your God lines up with every single one of your political views, you might want to pause for a moment and say, okay, am I worshiping God or did I create my own? I'm not saying don't have an opinion. I'm not saying don't have discussions, but has your voice, when you speak, do you speak with a heavenly accent? Can they tell where you come from? Has your voice become a viewpoint? Number three, has your worry become a worldview? You see, as we're raising kids, it's impossible to protect your child from everything. So instead, what if we tried to prepare our children for anything? You can't protect them from everything, but you can prepare them for anything. And so you got to ask yourself, have you become so anxious, so worrisome that that has become your default worldview? Because I've read scripture. God wins. (laughs) Okay. Do we know that? Like, I'm not saying that it's not crazy. But we know who wins. You know, the Olympics right now in Tokyo, they, because of the time difference, what happens is on, they'll release the results. And then sometimes they play the, the event later. Uh, I, I was watching one of the events and uh, I, was, I was watching one of the events that I already knew the outcome for. And I got really nervous. It's like, oh no, what's gonna happen? And I was like, wait a second, I know who wins. That changes how you watch an event, doesn't it? It should change how we live our lives as well. Number four, has your language become a label? See, words are so much deeper than a few things we spout out when we stub our toe that we shouldn't. Words like shame, guilt, victim, you're not good enough. You got to be real careful with those labels. You know, we try to organize our lives and some of you maybe even have a label maker at home for little buckets and drawers and things there. Be careful about how you do that, though, when it comes to your people. Labels can last a lifetime if we're not careful. Have you put a label on yourself that Jesus didn't? Do you see yourself as overwhelmed? Or do you see yourself as an overcomer before he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world? What if our labels came from him? See, those words, God's words brings life. The last one here. Has your praise become a platform? 
Has your praise become a platform? One of the Olympians, uh, Sydney McLaughlin, when she broke the 400 meter hurdles record, was asked to respond how she felt. And in that moment, she spent her whole life training for that moment. She responded by telling the world, records come and go, but the glory of God is eternal. She used her praise as a platform to lift God up. Do you use your praise to li- as a platform to lift others up? Do you make your family better, your team better, stronger? Are you like these spotlights that are shining down on me? Could you be a spotlight into the life of someone else? Be like, I see you. God is using you. Do you lift them up? If you do that, you're going to see a difference. You know, paint cans look pretty similar. Quick show of hands in the room. How many of you have like a spot in the garage with just like random paint cans? Like, well, we need to keep it in case there's something, right? And then we just have paint cans, right? (laughs) Now imagine, if you will, that you go home today and you decide to repaint a bedroom or living room, pick a room. Imagine having all these cans in the center of the room. They all kind of look the same. But here's the thing. You get to decide what color you paint the room. You have all the colors before you. They're in the cans. They're in there. But you decide what the room looks like. In the same way, I want to ask you, what does your room look like? What does your heart look like? Because you decide what you're going to paint it, how you're going to paint the relationship, how you're going to paint the job, how you're going to paint the difficulties that you're facing. And if you find yourself focused on worry, anxiety, struggle, battles, issues, anger. Now, some might need professional help, and I encourage you to do that. Take that step further. Do whatever you can to get to that healthy spot, to get the people who can speak life into you, who can support you and can love you. But I want to end here that your words are a window into your heart. So whatever's spilling out, I want you to know that you have the opportunity to choose life and to choose Jesus and to speak with a heavenly accent so that the world will know that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world and that we're going to paint our rooms with glory, with grace, with forgiveness with hope. May the world see God for who he is with how we speak and love 
one another. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, help us to understand the weight of our words, to know that they break or build our relationships. We choose to bless those around us because you have blessed us. And God, you are the word. Some of us have some pretty negative labels that other people have put on us or people have put on, or we've put on ourselves. Help us to find our identity in you, find our life and our trust and our hope in you. Let us paint our relationships with the gospel and the good news of you, Jesus, and put our full weight of our life in your son. We believe in you, we trust in you. In your son's name we pray, 